welcome back to another episode of Speaking Literally, where the books speak for themselves. I'm Liz. And I'm Holly. And Happy New Year! Yay! 2023! 2023! It's, it's just crazy. I can't believe we've made it already. I know. Um, the years are getting quicker every you, year. Oh, it, yeah, they are going so fast. How did you see the new year in? Um, well, so, uh, we did a big trip to, uh, Disneyland. Um, we got away nice. for a couple of days, went to Disneyland. It was great. It was the kids' Christmas present. Um, we went yeah. right after New Year's. So, um, everybody was gone, um, back to work. <laughs> and so, you know, it was, it was just, it was just, it's the happiest place on earth. It's just so wonderful. Yeah. Even though we got like torrentially downpoured on, on one of our days. <laughs> um, and just a fun story about that is anybody who's listening who has teenagers can probably relate to this. So I have two teenagers. I have a 14 year old and a 16 year old, soon to be 17, which blows my mind all in itself. But anyways, <laughs> my 16 year old son is a very, stubborn child he always thinks he's right and he knows best and blah 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 we knew it was going to rain on that day that we were there before we left so i packed ponchos and had everything ready to go because i didn't want to take umbrellas and so we were getting ready to leave to catch the shuttle from our hotel to take us to disney and i'm like all right here's your poncho and he's like i'm not gonna wear a poncho i have a sweatshirt like i have a hoodie and i'm just gonna wear my hoodie and i'll be fine and i'm like okay but hey dude you're wearing a sweatshirt hoodie that's going to absorb water when it pours on you and you're gonna be wet all day because we're not in arizona where the where there's no humidity and you'll dry like that you're in california and you're gonna be soaked and miserable all day i'll be fine Okay. Yes. Sure enough, we're riding some rides. The, the rain was great because there was no wait for any lines. But he got it. Like it was for a while. It was just kind of a misty rain, which was fine. But he was on like yeah. the little car driving ride, and the clouds just opened, and it like torrentially downpoured on them while they were on the little autotopia nice. car ride where they're driving and so he comes off and he's just like ugh, ugh, and he's like can i have the poncho and i'm like okay but what is it gonna do you now um yes. so he puts the poncho on and um and then like of course like once it stops raining it rained for maybe like three hours and it was fine the rest of the day but then like later on he's like yeah i probably should have worn the poncho all day <laughs> you, you, th- you think <laughs> Um, so, so that was one, so that was one of two things. So, but, um, we'll kind of alternate because I know that we each have kind of two things. Um, so that was my one big thing. So what was one of your two big things about ringing in the new year? Uh, well, I mean, just before, um, just before Christmas, I went down to Bournemouth to see my family and we stayed in a nice little cabin. It's like a little, they call it a shepherd's hut, um, which was kind of cute. And we just had a nice little breakaway, um, just over kind of Christmas Day and Boxing Day it meant that we didn't have to drive for like an hour and a half on Christmas Day. Um, it was me, my fiance, my dog, and the dog. So that was really nice. It's just nice and quiet and relaxing. Um, so yeah, that was a nice, nice chilled Christmas. Um, nice relaxing Christmas. Mm, I love little cat. Why is it called a shepherd's cabin? I've never heard, heard um, that. It's- yeah, I think they just called it that. It was kind of like, um, I'm trying to explain what it was like. 
it's bigger than you know those gypsy caravans. Have you, yes. have you heard of a gypsy caravan? Well, There's I mean, I don't know if I've heard that. of it referred to as a gypsy caravan, but I can kind of picture in my like mind with that. Like the gypsy like, yes. things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit bigger than that. Um, but it's like a, it's like a little um, like a little hut um, with like little steps coming up to up to it. You had one side, you had a sofa, and then in the middle, you had like a little hob kettle, little side to prepare for some food, and then the bed on the right hand side. So it's all in one, one nice little unit. Um, and it was pretty reasonable priced. It was actually on a camping and caravan site. So it's oh. quite easy. we had all these caravans parked around us and some of them had like <laughs> Christmas trees up because obviously they've been there for a while. Yeah. Some had Christmas lights and like little things in the grass next to them. It was really sweet. It was Aww. a really nice atmosphere. How cute. Um, and, uh, the night we got there, so we got there Christmas Eve and we had a Chinese takeaway on Christmas Eve, which was nice. And um, we got it delivered there. And then Christmas Day, yeah, I went to, went to my brother's. Um, and there was like five kids, six kids, five kids. Um, and then my brother, my mum, my dad. So it's really nice kind of seeing the whole family because I hadn't, we hadn't spent Christmas together for about three years now because of COVID. Yeah. So it was really important that kind of that we got to spend that time together and we got to got to be together finally this Christmas. Ah, because then you came home from Christmas. And then what was your second big thing that just happened that you're still in the <laughs> midst of? I moved house. Oh, you moved. <laughs> ah. So, yeah, we, we have finally have our own space. Um, we moved literally two days ago um from the recording so from when this drops it'll be three days ago <laughs> um we're getting there uh i gave holly a, a video tour this morning to show well this afternoon to show her all the um the important areas like yeah. the books uh-huh. um which i'll be posting on instagram at some point when i can stand up after a nice hot bath because i'm <laughs> aching from all the heavy lift, heavy lifting the last few days um but it's it's really nice place and we've really kind of we're getting there. Um, there's a lot of things to sort out and to kind of to unpack. But we've done the kitchen. We've done the lounge. The bedroom is almost done. And I've got one more room to go. Um, so, yeah, it's been really well and really nice place. The dog's settling in finally because the dog was freaking out a bit. She doesn't like all the kind of upheaval and she doesn't didn't like us moving boxes and things. So yeah. she can finally start relaxing again. Mm. Moving is just so, yeah, no, so yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, beginning of the year has been a very, very kind of challenging, very <laughs> exciting, very exciting, but it has been like knackering because literally we've been packing for like the last week, um, packing everything up. And so, yeah, it ha- haven't stopped. Luckily, I have tomorrow off. Um, I'm not working tomorrow. Okay. Uh, the day today from the day that we launched. Yeah, Monday. <laughs> so you have a nice long Monday. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got time to relax and try, time to just chill. This evening I'm just completely chilling. Yeah. I don't blame you. We have a nice hot bath after this and I'm just going to do nothing because, yeah, my back is killing me. <laughs> you need to just read a good book. Exactly. What In my new reading corner. Yes. Exactly. Which you also showed me and that's really cute too. <laughs> yeah and your and book was sitting so, right on the on the armrest ready for you and funnily enough so speaking of new books um what is your second um and a very exciting thing about your new year 
So on January 11th, Wednesday of last week, um, I got to go to Lee Bardugo's um, mm. book tour, book signing event here in uh, the Phoenix area. Um, she came to Changing Hands Bookstore in Tempe, and um, it was super fun. It's been I can't even think how long it's been since I've been to one of these. Like the last one I went to was probably like, I don't know, maybe 17, 18 years ago when I was living in Connecticut. The other side of the country, I was living in Connecticut and me and two of my girlfriends went from Connecticut to New Jersey to, Mm -hmm. um, Janet Ivanovich's big, uh, she had a huge shindig, but that was huge because, you know, that's where her her um, <laughs> Stephanie Plum book series takes place in Newark. And so they had like a Aww. bus. You could get on the bus and they drove you around Newark and pointed out all the different <laughs> things. But I haven't been to anything like like anything related to like an author's book tour since then. Wow. So, yeah. So this was super, super fun. I went by myself, which is I am a, a super big introvert. I know, surprise, but I am. And so, like, um, I love to watch people. And maybe that's why I'm such a big, like, character person when it comes to books. And when I write, I'm just so mm. big onto, like, the character and who they are and why they are. Um, so it was super fun. Um, Lee Bardugo was fantastic. Like, you know, so the first, like, 45 minutes to an hour, she talks and does a Q&A. And um, she's just so, so genuine, so funny, so honest. She's sarcastic and sassy and just, like, we were just laughing. And she was, you know... People would ask her questions, and she's like, well, I can't really, you know, say anything <laughs> But, um, and then she'd like try to like drop like little clues yeah. and, and things to, to kind of get mm-hmm. around what she is and isn't allowed to talk about. Um, but it was just, it was just really, really cool. And I know we were talking a little bit about this before we went, um, on the air. And I just posted all the pictures, um, on Friday on my Instagram yeah. that I, I taken and I wrote a little bit about it. Um, but one of uh, – there was a couple of things that really stuck out. I know, like, Liz, you asked me. She's like, did she say anything about the Grishaverse? <laughs> because, you know, priorities. And that exactly. was a – yeah. And it was – and I mean, that, that was a question I would have asked. But it was asked. And so she, you know, I guess we kind of all groaned and booed a little bit. But she said that <laughs> – well – she said that at this time she wouldn't mind going back and revisiting the Grisha verse, but she doesn't want to tell a story to simply tell a story. Um, she needs to wait until the time is right and that there's a true story that is there to be told and to yeah. be developed. Um, she also did talk a little bit. I know you also asked about this, Liz, about the <laughs> news, the second, the second season of Shadow and Bone. Uh, she did talk about that and she talked about the, the, the you know, the actor who's playing Nikolai. And, uh, actually one of the questions later from somebody was, if you could take any of your characters out to dinner, where would you, where would you take them and who would it be? And she actually said that she would take Nikolai out to dinner at Applebee's. I don't know if you have Applebee's over in England. Um, I've been to one in New York, but oh, no, we don't have it in England. There you go. So it's just kind of like a little bar, <laughs> like a bar and grill kind of place, like a sports bar. Um, 
so, so that was pretty funny. We all kind of got a giggle and chuckle out of that. So, uh, but yeah, it was super fun. And, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of talk a little bit th- about this. Uh, I posted a little bit more in depth on my website. Uh, but one of the things that she, that really kind of stuck with me is somebody asked her like advice that you would give to a, like an aspiring author. And, yeah. you know, um, like what you know because it, it, it's hard we all know anybody who's like yeah. as as far into books as like we are just a book lover and you know a lot mm-hmm. of us like to write as well and, and we see other people going through the process and we know how hard it is and and liz think about yeah. all the like indie authors we've had on our show and the challenges yeah. and obstacles but one of the things that she said that kind of really stuck with me as far as like if if you want to write if you want to do something is she's like she said, make art when no one cares. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and, and she's right because at the end of the day, when you're writing and when you're doing things, you're really doing it for you because you have a story to tell. You Exactly. You should never write for other people. You should always be writing for yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to get that same passion, that same kind of love of writing across. Yeah. Because you won't be writing from the heart. You know, and I think also if you're writing for yourself, because you're not going to please everybody, there's going to be people out there who don't like mm-hmm. your writing and don't like your book. Oh, yeah. And if you're, if you really are truly writing for other people and that's what you get, it's, it's going to be devastating. I mean, it's going to be hard anyways. And you don't want yeah. anyone to not like your stuff, but, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, if you're true to yourself and you just, you create your art. Oh, and I like just, that. Yeah. So I thought that was really powerful. That's so. No, that is a good tip. That's one of our best tips. Yeah, so I I like that. I really, really like that. So Did um, she um did she read an extract of her new book? How then? She didn't read anything from it. She did talk a lot about um about it though. Um okay. you know, she um one of the biggest things that came up was really about Alex Stern. Like I, I think and I think, yeah. you know, when we've read the book, you know, we've talked about her character Alex Stern is the character in this this which is going to be yeah. a trilogy Lee Bardugo did yeah. confirm that there will be a, another book after Hellbent and what she really kind of focused on is what and what the 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 people that were there at this event focused on was Alex Stern's character mm. and yeah they wanted to know a little bit more about if we're going to get more of her backstory her culture like why is she the way she is? Why is she who she is? Where does yeah. that, where does that, like, those abilities kind of come from? Like, that's just that whole cultural piece. And that, that word culture is what kept coming up, um, at the event. And okay. so if you're, if you've read Ninth House and you're moving on to Hellbent, what I took away from what she was saying is pay a lot of very close attention to some of the more subtle things that are being mentioned yeah. in the story about Alex because, um, Lee did say that the culture, her, Alex's culture is a big, a big piece and it, it's, mm. it's building to it. And in the third book is where it's really going to all kind of come together. Mm. But towards the end of Hellbent, I guess there's going to be a lot of kind of subtleties and drop yeah. hints and clues and information regarding who Alex Stern is and what her, her culture, you know, like where, yeah. where she's from. Yeah, because I mean, in the first book, we heard a lot about her actual life, didn't we? We were told about a bit of a backstory, but th- that was more the physical aspects. It was never about her, yeah, her abilities, her her powers, her kind of 
It's not really power, it's more abilities, but mm-hmm. we didn't really have any backstory for that. So that would be really yeah. interesting to, to find out more about her. Yeah, like, but where, yeah, but so, yeah. It's just like, where, like, where is she, like, where's her family lineage? Like, like that piece of yeah. it. Like, where, because we learn a little bit about her, you know, her childhood and mm-hmm. how dysfunctional that was, but there's a, there's still going to be a lineage there that she doesn't probably know about, like, that has led exactly. her where, where to be here. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Was it hereditary? Was it, I don't know, some freak accident? <laughs> exactly. I love Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun because Lee Bardugo did talk about the fact she, she did go to Yale, um, and she was in a secret society and she's just like, no. she's like, they're not as cool as I made them out to be in the book. <laughs> She was actually in a secret society. Yeah. So she said that they're, you know, they're just more like social, like little social organizations and things like that. But, um, way to take a, like a general concept of what actually happens at Yale. And I mean, (laughs) if you're familiar at all with Yale, you do know that these little secret societies exist. And, um, but for her to kind of take it and just explode it into what became Ninth House is, is kind of, is kind of cool. Um, and once again, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've um, got that far at the beginning of the book, but there is a nice map again in Hellbent. Yeah, I saw that. There's a nice map. Yeah. And the, uh, it's, it's a map. beautiful book just in general. Oh, it's stunning. I can't wait to get my spray edges one because it's so pretty. I'm I've a little jealous about that one. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, darn. You had to get what everybody else got. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm having to slum it for now. It's fine. I just, if anything, it means that I'm not getting my nice one battered or. <laughs> like That's done. right. Putting it someplace nice. Didn't, um, didn't Target do the special one? Target has a, had a special one, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Was it Target or Walmart over your side of the world? I don't know. I don't go to Walmart. Um, Walmart <laughs> scares me. So my husband does anything. If we need anything from Walmart, my husband goes. And I, I go to Target. Uh, I love Target, but, and I was just there yesterday, but I did not, I was very strong. I was a strong, strong person and I stayed away from the book section, so I didn't go. Why? Do they not have this sale on, on anymore then? Not at Target, uh, but we were just talking about Ninth House because we're going to talk a little bit, you know, later in the show about the New York Times bestseller list, and we're talking about where Ninth House is. If it's like if you're going to find it in the adult section or the young, or the adult section or the young adult section, and I'm like, I don't know. Gosh, I guess maybe I need to go to the bookstore later today and see where it is. So I think you're going to have to. Yeah, simple so. as that. I think you're just going to have to. Um, I'm sorry, just looking at oh, Barnes and Noble have got a special edition of Hellbent. Oh, okay. That's where I, that's where I would be going because that's our, that's our cool bookstore that's here. Ooh, it's a, ooh, it's a red copy. <gasps> oh, I've seen that one. I've seen, yeah, I've seen it. Um, but I have it the, I have the gray cool. one. Yeah, I've got the gray one. But I kind of like the gray one because the rabbit, the rabbit kind of pops on the cover of it. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Target has got a special edition. Um, I'm wondering if it's, I don't know if it's got, I mean, it's got same, t- same cover. <laughs> But I wonder if it's because of the fact that it's like a sprayed edge as well. Oh. Are they sprayed edges? I don't know. Uh, annoyingly, it doesn't actually like want to show me the, the side of the book. It just wants to show me the front of it, which is exactly the uh-huh. same. Well, gosh. I guess but when yeah, I go so to Barnes & Noble, I have to take pictures. 
you might have to go to Target and you might just have to, to go and check out the book just to see yeah. if it has got sprayed edges. So, yeah. I did forget some things at Target, so I do need to go back. Well, there we so. go. And it is only $21. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Easy peasy. All right. You can treat yourself. I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll skip over the fact that I've already bought six books since the since Christmas. It's new Well, seven books. Everyone spends too much money. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of what we're buying and what we're doing, what what have you kind of started the year reading? Uh, so I I started because uh, basically this year I wanted to read. I want to finish more series that I've started last year and the year before last because I really want to start finishing off some of the series. Uh, mm-hmm. I realized that I've got loads and loads of series on the go. So um, I started the year uh, by reading The Toll by Neil Shusterman. So I don't actually own the gleanings, <laughs> but technically <laughs> that was the trilogy. So, I mean, technically I've finished a trilogy because yeah. that one is a continuation, isn't it? But it's not part of the trilogy, the gleanings. Correct. It's more of a kind of offshoot. Yes. Kind of yes. And it gives so, some yeah, backstories and some like prequel things as well. Yeah. So I finished that. It's all good. Um, and I'm actually, because of, I did all the moving, um, I trying to get back into audio books. Um, and basically whenever I was, Boxing up or unpacking, I just put on my audio book and just get on with stuff. Um, and so I actually finished uh, Billy Connolly's autobiography. I don't know if you know Billy Connolly. He's a Scottish um, comedian who's actually over your side of the world now. He lives yeah. in Florida Keys. Oh, your side of the world is in America, not as in <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's really funny story. It was like really funny one. Um, really good autobiography. He he narrated it, so that was quite fun. Mm. Um, and yeah, and just at the moment, I am reading Hellbent because I have to. Yeah, <laughs> you do. So yeah, I'm really enjoying that so far. Um, really enjoying it, and I should be reading more of it tonight. So, how about you, Holly? Uh, what are you? What have you started the year off reading? Well, I haven't started Hellbent yet. That's that's coming up next. Um, I'm but right now because the other big big book that came out that we've been kind of like waiting for and excited about was The Stolen Air by Holly Black that just came out on January third. So I'm in the process of reading that one right now. I'm just over halfway done. Pretty good. Uh, but like I told you. Uh, probably would have been a little bit easier to get back into that world had I reread mm. um, Queen of Nothing prior to The Stolen Air, just to kind of revisit some of the specifics. Yeah. Because, I mean, I remember the general things of what happened, but there were some specific things that might have been a little bit more helpful. Okay. Um, but it's it's good. I, I'm kind of caught back up, and it's like it's all making sense and everything. So uh, it, it it's really good. I'm enjoying it. But... My first read of the year was a man, a man called Uva, and I did it through the audiobook. And so, like, whenever I look at the book, I always pronounce it a man called like Ov or Av or whatever because that's what it looks like. It's actually Uva. It's Uva, and that's As how it rhymes with Hoover. Yeah, <laughs> and that because I did it through the audiobook, and I'm like Uva, and I'm like, huh? Which you know it. Sounds like it would work. I mean, it's a it's a Swedish book taking place in Sweden. Uva sound uh, that's probably really that's horrible, great, and I'm yeah. not trying to be like insensitive. Um, no, I no. am Swedish. I am 50 percent Swedish, so I I am like insulting myself. Not. I am. My dad is on one. Mm-hmm. My dad's 100 percent Swedish. 
Wow. Did he move over here when he was a kid then? Uh, No, he, um, I don't know how, like what generation came over, um, if it was his grandparents. um, But yeah, it's kind of like my my husband. My husband's only second generation American. He's 100% Italian. So, yeah. Oh, what, so so your dad wasn't born in Sweden? No, he was born in Ameri- in, in America, in the United States. So he's part American, part Swedish. No, both, both, of, no, both of his. See, okay, so here's the thing: nobody can say that they're American because unless they're Native American, they're not American. They're like because we were okay. we were the United States was founded, you know, by yeah. by the Europeans. So everybody over here if they're like i'm i'm american okay you're american because that's where you live but if you're looking at your ancestry you're not american unless you're native american (laughs) um so so yeah so like so my dad was 100 percent swedish because both of his parents were 100 percent swedish because at some point his generation like his his parents moved over and then they just found another yeah. 100% Swedish person because that's how my husband is. My husband's grandparents moved over here and then mm. his mom and his dad because they went to New York because of Ellis Island and that's kind of where like a lot of people come in um, especially back in that generation and so yeah. they just kind of like like landed and stayed and you know in, in the New York area and so then my his mom and his dad met and they're they're both you know 100% Italian both both sets of those grandparents came um so my husband's my husband's generation like him and and his cousins and his sisters um they're really the first generation that has married outside of the Italian culture so like I come in as like this outsider because I'm not Italian at all (laughs) (laughs) that's really interesting because I mean in yeah in England that kind of thing Say, for example, your, your, your husband uh-huh. in this country would technically be half a, half, like say he lived in, in this country, he's born in this country, he'd be half English, half, um, Italian. And see, that's weird so because he's not, he's not English there. at all. Like he wouldn't be English or, you know, be, or British or what, you know, whatever but because. He was born in English. But it has born in England. But that just means that that's where his citizenship is. It doesn't mean that's who he is. Yeah, still your nationality. That's quite interesting. Because it's not your bloodline. Like, I like your bloodline isn't, like, because if you're looking back to your ancestries, it has nothing to do with where you're born. It has to do with that, like, that bloodline. Um, so, like, for Mm. me, like, my dad is 100% Swedish. My mom, my mom is not Swedish. So that's why I'm kind of like (laughs) 50% Swedish. But, like, my mom is primarily German. So, like, so I'm Swedish and then German. And then I have, like, a, like, a scattering of a little a bit of other things mix. yeah um but yeah so it's yeah that's really interesting yeah so uh okay so it's amazing that a man called called yours, uva yours does yours does kind of yeah yours does actually make more sense to be fair yeah and it's like you know if, if someone said like you know i would say that i'm an american because i've lived my whole life in america and that's just my yeah. like my nation like my nationality where i live what i associate you know who I am with, yeah. but if I'm looking at my lineage, my heritage, my ancestry, oh yeah, yeah, I tell You'd people be, that yeah. I'm I'm primarily Swedish and German. That's what I I say. Like again, I have a couple, like I have a little bit of like Dutch and a little bit of Scottish, um, in me as well. But it's primarily you have a bit of Scottish, didn't you? You have a you're a Celt. <laughs> I am. I am. So because my cool. my great grandfather actually traced 
are he did he spent years doing the research and tracing our oh, yeah. our family line to see yeah. like you know all of that stuff so yeah so apparently we're also uh-huh. related to abraham no we're related to george washington's drummer boy <laughs> i mean there you go there you go so there you have it. And that's on my mom's <laughs> side. That's that's probably why I'm a little bit more mixed on my mom's side because they've been over here since like the Revolutionary War. And so they've I, wow. that ancestry and that heritage piece has blended with other European cultures. Yeah. Um, whereas my dad's side of the family didn't come to the United States until much later, um, which is why it's okay. a little bit more of a, a pure ancestry line. Yeah. So. Wow. But anyways, a man called Uva is <laughs> was my first read was my first read of the year, and absolutely, oh, I cried, I laughed, my heart was just like so full of all the feels I could possibly have. I adore that book, and like, and it being my very first read of the year, it's going to be interesting to see how I feel at the end of the year <laughs> to see if yeah. a book can top how I felt when I read this one. And I um, am going to see the movie tonight. Um, yeah. Yes. That's exciting. So I'm, but isn't, isn't the film called A Man Called Otto? Have yes. The name of the guy? They did because they moved, they moved it. It's, a, it's now, I believe it's set in, in the United States. I think they Americanized it for oh, the theater. No. Yeah. They ruined it. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and hopefully, it's still a small town in America. Yeah, it, and it looks like it from the from the like the trailers. It still looks mm. like it, and you know, and I think a big piece of like the characterization in there is like his new neighbors because like she's Iranian, and so there's a huge okay. like a huge cultural piece to it. So I'm yeah. hoping that 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 will at least maintain, even if they've taken the movie yeah. setting out of Sweden and put it in somewhere in the United States, that they've kept the rest of the cultural pieces in place because I think that played a huge role. That would be good, yeah. In, in everything. So To be fair, it's Tom Hanks, isn't it? So, I mean, it is. he can't do wrong. He, he does no wrong. He is an <laughs> amazing actor. He's such a good actor. Such an amazing, amazing so actor. Good. Um, all right, so do you have any, like, New Year's bookish goals, resolutions, as we start 2023? Yeah, I think my main one is, um, yeah, is to read some, finish off some series, continue reading the series that I'm, that I started in the last few years. Um, try and stay on top of my, my reviews a bit better. Um, cause that was, it kind of went a bit wrong last year. So I'm going to try and review at least every other book. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think that's my main ones. How about you? Um, I I like the idea of trying to finish up some series. There are a bunch of series that you know I've only read book one, or I've read book and book one and two, and just need to finish finish the trilogy. How about Caraval? I know. <laughs> What do you reckon? You, you <laughs> I, I should, maybe this year will be the year that I read uh, finale and finish the Caraval series. But yeah, because that's that one has been hanging over my head forever. And <laughs> I admit it, I know, I own it. But there's uh I can see it behind you. <laughs> Stop looking at my books. Yeah, it's right here. It's haunting you. Yeah. <laughs> it's taunting me right there behind my head. And um but you know, it's 
I try not to set too many bookish goals or bookish resolutions. Like, yeah. you know, I did my Goodreads goal. I set it at 35 and I know like you probably set yours at like 90. Um, yeah, yeah like, look it up. Yeah. Look it up while I'm talking. And, but like, I just never know what my year is going to hold. And, you yeah. know, I, my, we've started doing some college visits with my son. He wants to play sports in college. So now we, so we have to do some of those, um, athletic identification camps that the, that the colleges offer so he can get seen and, and assessed and, 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 you know, and we're just doing like gen, just general college visits for like the academic pieces. And, you know, my kids are just so busy and my job, um, you know, Liz, you, you hear all the time about like, oh, I worked another 15 hour day. And <laughs> so it's just, it's really, I just, I, I don't want to feel pressure when I read. Yeah. I like, I really nice. just, I read to escape all the craziness of life. And, and, yeah. I, and I never want to lose my love for just sitting down and reading. Um, but yeah, I would mm-hmm. like to kind of focus on some series. And, and of course, I want to get through at least my 35, which I should. The last two years, both years, I've read oh, yeah. 49. So I should easily yeah. be able to blow past the 35. So what's your goal? What did you look it up? I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I put minus 70 this year. Okay. What was it last so, year? Uh, I did kind of change it last year. So originally, I think I, think I originally set it at 60, and then I changed it to, um, I think, 70 or 80 i can't see it now but i finished on 95 so <laughs> which is one more than the year before that before oh I beat my 2021 by one book <laughs> there you go so, oh i would say one of my news resolutions is to do more bullet buddy reads with holly ah yes <laughs> yes and we have still got quite a few books that we haven't read we do yet, so. we do absolutely um, okay, so I have one last thing I want to ask you about, Liz, before we take our first little break. And okay. you and you kind of brought up um, that you did an audiobook, and I love audiobooks um, because, again, I spend mm-hmm. a lot of time in the car carting kids around and doing things, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And yeah. uh, it's apparently something that just kind of hit the news this past week is that Apple Books, which I don't use Apple Books. I don't know if, if you use Apple Books. I use Audible. Um, yeah, audible all the way. Yeah, <laughs> but but this is kind of scary because if this works well with Apple Books, who knows where it's going to go? Yeah. But Apple Books has very quietly, kind of under the radar, launched AI narrated audiobooks. So kind of like using it's like a it's a it's a text to speech. You know, if you turn on text to speech oh, on your computer, sure. yeah. So they're having text to speech. I, no, I, AI, any emotion in it. Right. See, that's what I'm thinking. What do you think? The whole point. No, I hate the idea of that. I mean, the, the main book, the main audiobooks I like the most are memoirs and autobiographies that are written and narrated by the, the author uh-huh. because you get to hear their voice and you get to hear the expressions and the kind of the emotion. But also, um, for example, just for Christmas, I finally finished the, um, the Illuminae files. Absolutely amazing, amazing audiobooks because the it best. was a full cast. So much emotion. And what if AI narration would just be, it would be one voice for a start. Yeah. And it would just be so computerized and no, just no. Yeah. <laughs> I hate and- the idea of that. When you listen to, for example, when you watch like YouTube videos and some, sometimes people have, text-to-speech on the narration 
and it's just awful. I can't listen to it because you can tell it is that, and it's very kind of one tone, and there's no there's no alteration, and everything it sounds like this. I I would like I would zone out so quickly for AI narrated books. I feel like I would do like. I, if anybody listening has listened to an Apple book AI narration, please like comment on our Instagram, send us a, a message, mm-hmm. do something because I, I, we want to hear from you. Um, but I guess like the, the rationale behind it is because it's going to make audiobooks more accessible to more people because they're not paying. It makes it cheaper, doesn't it? Right. Because they're not paying the people to, to narrate it. But yeah. you, you take something like the Illuminae files. Like you said, they have a full cast. They had sound effects. Like, yeah. you know, even like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not big on like memoirs and nonfiction. But, you know, I did listen to the audiobook of Michelle Obama's Becoming and that she narrated. And that was so good. So good. And it's just so like. Good. You know, AI, text-to-speech isn't going to change the inflection of voices. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, I right. just, I just don't, I just hope, like, right. uh, for the rationale to make it more accessible to people, yes, I love that. But at the same time, you know, libraries also have audiobooks that they can, you know, you can check out audiobooks. Um, for free from libraries, just like, and that's why mm. libraries are so important because nobody should be prevented to have access to books and to reading and to that type of materials. And that's why I think libraries mm. are like the most amazing creation ever, um, because it does, it brings everybody together and ne- and breaks mm. down all those barriers. But I'm hoping that it doesn't become this AI thing doesn't become something that is just like global and just takes I think over. It just. It's almost like spitting on the author's work because you're taking this, these beautiful words, this beautiful language, and then you're putting it into some automated electronic machine that has no passion, no love, no feelings. So you're not going to get that, that inflection. You're not going to get the accent. You're not going to get any of the feeling from it. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I really, uh, in the nicest possible way, Apple Books, I hope you fail at this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this fails. I mean, I'm not an Apple person anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that's a terrible, terrible idea. And funny enough, considering that I've just finished reading The Tull, which is all about AI taking mm-hmm. over the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is where we're going. I mean, AI is taking over everywhere. You can get blooming copyright, um, copywriters, um, he, you can use AI to write your articles, which is like awful idea. Um, AI is just taking over absolutely yeah, everywhere. And like, have you heard about this new chat GP, GPT? Yep. Sure have. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So, I mean, it is the way that the world's going, sadly. Yeah. Um, but not, not our audiobooks. Leave our audiobooks alone. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and our, our voice actors need jobs. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's funny because like, you know, it, it's just, you know, I know I bring my kids up a lot, but by God, they're like annoyingly just so in my life. They're just there all the time. Uh, my daughter, um, my little competitive dancer who keeps me busy nonstop, 14 year old girl attitude. I bless your heart if you're dealing with it too. She, one of the things she's interested in doing is being a voice, a voice actor. Hey. And she, she does great. And she like, 
my husband is great in like helping her and supporting her because she has like all these stuffed animals still at 14. But the reason I think primarily she has them is because when my husband goes in and says goodnight to her, they each, each of these pandas, cause she loves pandas, has, is it has a different name and a different background and a different like ethnicity. And so they literally have whole conversations with changing voices with the different pandas and, Aww. And so she has really developed her ability to have accents and to yeah. create these stories. So one of the things I actually told her that that she should do, because, you know, she's 14, she can only do so much. But one of the things she can do to get practice and that we're going to try to get her set up with it in the next couple of months is her own YouTube channel where she is reading picture books. So like parents of little kids can just turn on her her little YouTube videos. That's such a good idea. Where she doesn't want to be on camera. So we're going to put the camera so it's it's looking at the book. So as she's reading the book, the little kids can watch the video and read along with the book as they listen to her. Aww. read it and change her voice for the different characters. So, um, but so it's so important because like, you know, we, we you need that. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the little pandas in because it's like, it's yeah. just, we need that. We, we need the voices. We need, we need the, the emotion behind yeah, exactly. it. Yeah. So oh, tell me when that's set up. I want to, I'm definitely going <laughs> to subscribe to that channel. Yeah. It's going to be super cute. She's, <laughs> she's super sassy and it's, it's definitely going to be Aww. a fun time. So I'll keep people posted on her, her, um, storybook YouTube channel. Definitely. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back, we're going to jump into some debate about the New York Times bestseller list and Colleen Hoover and all sorts of nonsense. Um, but then after that, we will uh, do our year in review and we'll talk about our favorite books of 2022. So we will be right back. And we're back. All right. New York Times bestseller list. Liz, who do you think tops it? Oh, it's got to be, it's got to be only one potential one because we haven't had any big adult fiction um, out in the last few weeks. So, I mean, it has to be obviously the one and only Coho. Oh, it is. And it's her monopoly continues. This week, she's actually at one, two, and three on the list. <sighs> with It starts with us, is still number one, followed by it ends with us, and then Verity. Um, does it's 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 crazy. It's a shame that Verity wasn't in between because it always almost make a story. Because it starts with us, Verity. It ends with us. <laughs> it, oh yeah, it book, nice yeah. <laughs> that would make a lot more sense. That would uh, be funny. Yeah, it's ah, just, bloody yeah. Yeah, I, and and we have to make this official. I'm I'm afraid. I think 2023 has to be the year that we break our coho virginity. I hope so. I've already said this before the thing, but I think we need to, I think we need to make this official. Me and Holly need to break our coho virginity and read one of the, one of her books this year. Yeah. So I, I think th- it should be Verity. We yeah. Got Verity we both have it. So definitely. So maybe that'll be a, a buddy read we do this year. Um, yeah. I mean, cause both it ends with us. Yeah. Exactly. Let's pop that cherry. Um, <laughs> it ends with us and Verity have both been on the list for over a year. Um, because it ends with us has been on for 82 weeks. And remember, I've learned my math now. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you good girl. <laughs> uh, yep, I got this. So it ends with us has been on the list for 82 weeks, and Veridity has been on the list for 57 weeks. So they've both been up and down on this list for over a year. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, and and of course and what's, it's um, what's what's four and five. Four. Well, four isn't shouldn't be too surprising because it's been a lot of. Um, booksellers books of the year and things but it's lessons in chem lessons in chemistry by bonnie garmus that is actually on my list one of my um it's on my 12 books in 12 months by 12 recommendations so that's i think i might have actually recommended that one to you (laughs) i think that was my one no yours was babel you recommended babel Oh yeah, of course I did. Lessons of chemistry. It was, I read Lessons of Chemistry last year. Yeah. I'm so glad you're going to read it this year. Yeah. So definitely yeah, going to read so it. Good. And I'll probably, it'll probably be one of my earlier in the year reads too. Uh, nice. but then number five is a new release that just came out. Um, Danielle Steals Without a Trace. That's at number five. Okay. Yeah. Um, but as we talked about yeah. earlier in the show, we talked about like Hellbent and Stolen Air with, Hellbent's release date being just this past week, it's not it's not on the list yet. They don't have the the stats yet. But uh, the Stolen Air by Holly Black is number one in the young adult hardback. Wee. Yeah, had to be. It, it had to be. Holly Black is a massive deal. Yeah. So it'll so, be interesting I mean, to see next week where it falls with Hellbent when they're both going to be competing for a spot on the list. Out of interest, where is one of us is lying? Because that used to be in the top five for like. Years and years. Does that drop right down? Let's see. One of us is lying is number six. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So and it's it's been on the list for two hundred and fifty eight weeks. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Five years. Yeah. So and wow. um Long Live the Pumpkin Queen actually, you know, it was number one for a long time and then it kinda dropped. Yeah. It actually came back into the number one slot for a couple weeks right around the holidays, but now it's at number eight. But our our top Oh, our... you know why? Because it was based in the Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. universe. So back then it was good for the October for October Halloween, now for Christmas because people still watch it at Christmas. Exactly. Um, so our top five for the young adult hardback or hardcover is number one, Stolen Air by Holly Black. Number two is Nick nice. and Charlie. And I believe that's the, you said that that's the Heartstopper. That's the one, yeah, Heartstopper series. Uh, number three is Song of Silver, Flame Like Night by Amelia Wenzeo. So both, all three of those books came out. This was their first week eligible for the list and they came out one, two, three. Wow. Uh, number four is Five Survive by Holly Jackson. And rounding out the top five is The First to Die at the End by Adam Silvera. Okay. Yeah. So that's our top five for young adults. So, um, so Holly you know. Jackson, isn't she? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say Holly Jackson. Isn't she the one that did uh, The Good Girl's Guide to Murder, isn't she? Yes. I believe so. I that series. Yeah. She's, she, yeah, she's a pretty popular um, I thought I had yeah, that definitely. Book. Um, I swear I had that. Oh, I do have that. Yeah, she is. She, she wrote that series, and then um, and then she writes a bunch of other little books, kind of like that. So this one looks okay. good. Like five survive, six friends on a spring break trip, spring break road trip in an RV are the target of a sniper. So 
That's what that book is. Yeah, so that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, I haven't read any of hers, but definitely I want to read The Good Girl's Guide to Murder this year. Me too. There's so many books I want to read. I just... Yeah, I just feel like if I could just like take a break for a year from my job and just breathe. (laughs) Life just gets in in the way of what's really important, (laughs) which is reading. Uh, I'm so sad. It's the 15th and it's already halfway through the month and I'm only on my second physical book and it's just like it's, it's not enough i know it's <laughs> not enough time <laughs> so with talking about the, the the new york times bestseller list like there's other like newspapers and, and media outlets that do their their bestseller lists and and compile data and one of them is the usa today also does a bestseller list i think most more people i think mm-hmm. are familiar with the new york times bestsellers because that's what authors will put on the covers of their book a new york times bestseller author but um so another recent topic that has just hit the kind of hit the news and I'm kind of interested to see what you think about this Liz is we know that HarperCollins is is on strike and they've been on strike and we're probably getting to a point where we're going to begin to see some of those ramifications of that strike happening um but then there are some debates and murmurings about the reliability of these bestseller lists like the USA Today actually suspended theirs after going through a huge a huge layoff um process and it actually included Mary Caden who has compiled their their bestseller list for years that's what she did for them so they've mm-hmm. suspended their USA bestseller list and not sure it really because even they didn't if, have anyone else to do it right and i think it, it also came on the heels of some debate about the reliability of the numbers and the data and the st- statistics that are used to determine mm-hmm. these lists so um because there's you know that debate about mathematically the sales don't always seem to add up is what the reports are beginning to say so my question to you liz is Obviously, we talk about the list, and so we look at it. But would do do you or would you look at these lists just on your own, just to see, okay, what's what's the top five? What should I go read? Do you put a lot of stock into these bestseller lists? Do you think, as a reader, do you find them important? I've got to admit, I don't actually look at the lists outside of the podcasts, and I think if anything. The lists are more important to the authors themselves because it tells them it kind of almost like justifies all the work that they put in. Like I'm number one bestseller. It's something that they can add to their CV and add to add to the book covers to really kind of I want to say legitimize, but I don't want to say that. But you know what I mean. Like right. it makes them it makes them more important. It makes them more more valuable to agent agents and to publishers. So it makes them look more attractive to to other people. Um, I mean, it's like with book reviews on big sites. So, for example, The Guardian over here, they often do book reviews. It's not really some... I wouldn't really take their advice on, on book reviews or anything like that because I would prefer to go through people that I know and trust, like friends, like yourself, like other people on Instagram. I would kind of under, look at their reviews before I looked at professional reviews which as a writer I know it's not great but when it comes to write, reading it's kind of it's, it's a very personal thing right 100% so, yeah I I didn't really look at this I mean sometimes I might like 
just briefly look at them, but I don't think they're really that important because I don't, I wouldn't go, okay, then number one, I'll buy that. I would, I would buy a book because I'm interested in the storyline or yeah. somebody's recommended it to me. I wouldn't buy it because it's number one on, on a bestseller, on a bestseller list. Yeah. And you know, and then I wonder like with the, with the, the rumors and the murmurings about the mathematical statistics don't really add up to where people are being mm. placed. And then that makes you think like, like I, I haven't read Colleen Hoover, but I know people love her and she's amazing and she seems to be a great author. But then it makes you wonder, it's yeah. like, <clears throat> if she's been number one for so long for these books, how, like how Has many, really yeah, how many people every week are buying this book that are brand, like brand new people are buying, like we're still buying this book. Exactly. Like, like, I don't, maybe part of his, maybe I just don't understand completely all the statistical data that goes into yeah. placing them. But then I think about all of our indie authors. Like there's, we have probably more indie mm. authors in our, you know, in publishing right now than we've probably ever had before because it's just, there's mm. so many more opportunities and ways to publish your work. And, but they're indie authors, so they're not going to be backed by these huge publishing companies yet. Nice. So where do these bestseller lists land when it impacts some of the indie authors? And it, it, I don't know. I, I think, don't, yeah. I mean, I I don't think they they'd probably go to these indie authors because I mean, have you ever seen an indie author on the bestseller no. list? No, because exactly. it's hard to even find think, a lot of indie authors like in the bookstores. No, exactly. I I think if anything, what I would imagine is that they go to each um, big publisher and they go, okay, how many of these did you sell? Because that's the only way that you can do it. Otherwise, you'd have to go through each blooming bookseller and go, how many of this did you sell? How many of this did you sell? So yeah. I think if anything, they probably go to each like HarperCollins, Penguin, and they go, okay, how many have you sold of this book? How many have been sold of this book? Um, which, as you say, of course, it's not. It can't be accurate because they wouldn't be tracking necessarily the indie, the independent bookshops. Uh-huh. You'd be tracking the Barnes and Nobles, the the WalMarts, Targets. You'd be tracking like the mainstream sales for books, but you wouldn't be tracking the like Mrs. Blogs Book Emporium <laughs> um, in small town. I don't know. Yeah. In small town Phoenix <laughs> or whatever. You wouldn't be tracking that. And I'm also curious as far as like, you know, we have so many used bookstores and online yeah. books. So as far as used books. So does this also – I think we need to do more research. Maybe we're going to come back to this topic <laughs> next month when we can actually research because I want to see exactly what what they look at to determine what yeah. makes a book a, a bestseller. I think ebooks would be easier because of the fact that you just have to go to Amazon, Kobo, some of the main ones. So mm-hmm. Amazon, Kobo, Google Books, Apple Books. So if anything, they'd probably be easier to get the stats from because it's one platform for each thing rather yeah. than having loads of bookshops. Yeah. Um, but I mean, do you, obviously you have a website that you update more than, more than I update mine. So, <laughs> um, apart from for your website, do you look at the best selling seller list? Does it ever influence you? Never. I, I, you know, yeah, I, I look at it once a week to update it on my, on my website, but I do it more because it just like, I don't know, morbid curiosity. I'm just curious to see 
you know, at this point, I'm just curious to see how long Colleen Hoover is going to maintain her monopoly on, on the, on the top five, um, list. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that, that's just, it's mind baffling. You can't be on the best side, especially for something like Verity. How many times can one person buy Verity? Right. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. I mean, how many, do you know what? I have to look up now. How many Verities is being sold? Because, it can't, like, it's gotta get to the point where you just can't buy it anymore. How many, oops, how many Verities? Yeah. How many copies of Verity have been sold? There we go. And when you look that up, see if it tells you if it's all platforms, because we're gonna talk here in a second about, um, you know, we talked, before the show we talked a little bit about Prince Harry's book just came out this past week, and it's shattered the Penguin Random House record for units sold on its on its publication day, and it sold over 1.3 million units. Um, yeah. it doesn't, it's not surprising, though. Um, so just before we go on to that, because I, I yeah. want to rant about that. Anyway. I know you do. <laughs> um, Verity, um, well, on Amazon, um, Verity, it says as like the little sales pitch blurb, uh-huh. over 3 million copies sold. Okay. And I wonder if that uh, includes like audio, ebooks, paperback. Ooh, okay. Did you know you've actually, you can actually get a, I just found an article which was, oh, it's a year ago. It was about most sold Amazon books last week and it was Verity a year ago. That sounds about right because it's been on the I list for 57 weeks. They have on Amazon, don't they? They have, they have what? Because Amazon have their own little um, best-selling. Oh thing. yeah, it's same thing with like you know, Goodreads has their top reads of the year, and yeah, Barnes uh, and Noble have their their, their best-sellers. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's go on to um, your rant about Spare by Prince Harry. Yeah, I mean, it it really isn't surprising that it's broken all these records because for the British people. It was our prince that caused so much scandal and so much drama. And the Americans love royalty. They love British royalty. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got the two of the biggest book buying populations who have to buy this book when it comes out. You have to find out the dirty, sordid secrets of the royal family. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's a sellout. It's just like... For the, the people who, are, I'm not a major royalist, but for the, the people who are like really into their, their, their monarchy and really into their royal family, it just, it's, it's somebody, it's somebody who should have been loyal to their family, completely selling out their own brother, their own father for, for a bit of money. When at the end of the day, they could have stayed with the family and had a lot more money, had unlimited funds. <laughs> and instead, they choose the gold digging um, wife over their own family. It's like, like, I get the whole moving away because if you saw him, obviously, you've probably seen the, the footage of Princess Diana's funeral mm-hmm. and the fact that he, he had to walk beside the, the coffin. And that was absolutely devastating. And he's been through a rough time. But it just feels like he's just thrown his brother under the bus. Like him and his brother, just, it seemed like they were reasonably close. Mm-hmm. 
growing up. See, that's what I um, always thought. Being like on the other side of the ocean, mm-hmm. like you know, I've always thought, like that's when I was growing life. up, that they were that they were pretty close. And then for him to do this and like the things, because even in the run up, I don't know if you, um, I don't know if the press was like this for you over in America, but a few days before the book came out, there were leaks about what, what this book had, the stories that they had in the book. They're like, oh, he's, he's accused him of like, of having a fight with William, like mm-hmm. punching, like William punched him because he, he, he insulted his wife or something. Um, it's always like silly little petty things that that were coming out. It just makes you think, like, is this really how low that you've sunk? That you have to that you have to sell your own family out to get money? Because that's all he's done since being in America. Yeah. Went on Oprah, complained about his family. Did this recent interview, complained about his family. Praised the book, complained about his family. Everybody has family problems. It's just like you know, and it's it, it's just like. He has the platform and the notoriety mm-hmm. to be able to take it to a mass market, like audience. I mean, with the money, but with the money and his status, he could be doing so much more. He could be doing more charity things. He could be doing so much, and instead, he chooses to to air his dirty laundry in front of everyone. Yeah. Besides money, I wonder what he gets out of it. You know, it's like, what, what do you, like, on a personal level, what do you get out of, out of it? Like, I'm fascinated, obviously. I'm, I'm over here, (laughs) you know, other side, country, or the world. And, you know, and we are, we are a culture that's kind of fascinated by the royal family. It's something that we don't have and is different. And, um, it's, really kind of fascinating and you know and we all remember princess diana's you know death and that tragedy Mm -hmm. and and watching it and watching the young boys have to be there you know we all were right there with everybody same thing with when queen elizabeth passed away like we all were like mourning it and watching it and feeling it because it's 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 not us it's not our country but Mm. we're like you know sister countries it's like we're still kind of part of the same family we came from the same place yeah, like you know it's yeah um i mean the, the queen's death affected people worldwide yeah because she touched so many hearts and so many minds yeah i'm you know i don't and know if i'm the, gonna read it or not that, but yeah also the fact that harry's done this a few months of his grandmother being fresh in her grave yeah it's like it's kind of treading it's just kind of messing up the memory of her because she would be so pissed off with him oh, I if bet. she was still alive. She would be so I bet she would be so upset with him. Yeah. Um so it's just yeah, no, I don't want to read it just because it just feels like it's it's just kind of an insult to the, the royal family, to people who have always kind of been there for him and then suddenly this there's nobody, this person who's been trying to make it in the acting business but can't really act. <laughs> <laughs> um, and from what I've heard, she like slept with every single one of her directors to get mm. the roles. Fantastic. So for him to go to this level, it's just sad. It is. It is very, very sad. Well, on other upbeat positive notes one of our former guest authors amanda prouse she has a new book out i know you wanted to talk about that 
She does. Uh, it came out the same day. Funny enough, we had, there was a big day for book releases, mm-hmm. um, a few days ago. So we had that one. We had Amanda Pouse picking up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also had Hellbent. Yeah. So that was a, yeah, that was a big day. And, um, <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, I saw on Instagram, Amanda actually posted a, a story I've screenshot of. Um, Amazon, and at one point it was Harry at number one and her at number two. I was like, oh, Amanda, just wow! That's awesome, absolutely amazing. She's um, such an amazing person. I, I wanted to come back on our show because she was such an amazing. It was such a fun, fun interview. Oh, yeah. I actually spoke to her, um, had a chat to her the other day because um, I had just recently finished Women, uh, Women Like Us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved the book. Oh my god! It, yeah. It took. I started it back in September, but she never went back to it. But I, when I started, picked it up again, read it in about a day and a half, and just the story, her journey, what she went through. I know. I know. After having read it, like I would love to bring her back now and talk to her about mm-hmm. some of those things. And I mean, when she was on our oh, show last you. year, she was she was so open and just you know. And yeah. sharing her, what, you know, her story and everything. But now it's like the world kind of knows a little bit more about her story. Mm. Yeah. She gave us a bit of like insight into her story, mm-hmm. um, kind of on the, on the podcast. But yeah, I couldn't believe it when I actually read how much more she went through. It was just, it gives you a whole more, lot, lot more respect for her. Yeah. It really does. I love it. Um, but yeah, so that was out and yeah, and so it was. Was Hellbent. So yeah, it was a big, big release day, um, a few days ago. So yeah, no, you should definitely check out, um, Amanda Prowse's Picking Up the Pieces, which came out a few days ago and it's obviously available everywhere as always. As always. Um, on Amazon. I think it's also on Amazon, uh, Kindle Unlimited as well. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take our last break and then Liz and I are going to have to make sure that our, our lists are ready to go because it is time for our 2022 year in review. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right. Second awards. Woo. Woo. <laughs> All right. We will be back in just a second. All right, it's time for Year in Review 2022. Dun, dun, dun. Yay! Okay, probably one of my favorite episodes that we do every year um, is going through, oh, I know, but it's hard because instead of just saying, okay, pick your 12 favorite books you've read this, this year, we have to pick our favorite read from each month. So some months are better than others. And we have some additional categories. So once we go through our 12 for each month, then we will say our overall favorite read of the year. And then we have some additional little categories that we'll, we'll talk about at the end. So where prior to this, we're like, oh, this shouldn't take too long. We can kind of <laughs> go through it. But as Liz pointed out, we are the queen of tangents. So we will see exactly yeah. how long this actually takes us. So Exactly. And of course, uh, last year's went to the House of Cerulean Sea was our yes. um, 2021. And we um, agreed on it. It was both of ours. I mean, it was a, it was a, just a, a no brainer. Mm-hmm. That was a superb book. Still one of my uh, favorites. So was, yeah. Oh, I love it. Have you, you've read Under the Whispering Door now, haven't you? Are I read you it this, not? I read it this year in 2022. Yeah. So we'll have to see if it makes that my list. Good. That was such a good book. All right. Are you ready? 
Okay. All right, Liz. What is your favorite book you read in January of 22? So January, it wasn't a new release. It had been out for quite a while, but it was A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire by Jennifer L. Almondrout, which, of course, is the second in the series for the From Blood and Ash series. That's right. All right. Mine, January was a rough month. That was probably my roughest month of reading. My year did not start off very strong. Um, Not that I didn't like the books, but I wasn't wowed by anything. Like super Mm. like blown away. But I did read a book called Ace of Shades by um, Amanda Foodie. Uh, It's not Ace of Spades. That's that's another book that has been really popular. This is Ace of Shades. And um, but it was it's it's. I ended up really liking it. It's a very interesting book. It's the first okay. of a series, so but I don't think it's one that people have really heard of. But that's that was my favorite book of January. Was that one of your net gallery reads? No, that one was not. That was actually oh. a um, – it was – I listened to the audiobook, so it was through Audible, but it was one of their – every now and then they give you, like, free with your membership. So yeah, I didn't have any credits available, so I, yeah. I saw it and I read the synopsis. I'm like, hmm, that sounds kind of interesting. I need to I need an Audible. Yeah. So I did. I remember you mentioning that one on the po- on the podcast yeah. that month. I remember you said that. Yeah, so it was nice. good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on to February. So in February, what was your book of the month? February, my top read of the month was Armada by Ernest Klein. So a book, the nice. author of the Ready Player One series, he wrote a different book, um, Armada, and it was fantastic. What about you? Read that. Uh, see, my February was like your January. So my February, there were some good ones, but there was no, I didn't have any five stars. There was nothing that was like, oh my God, this was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my top one I would choose is The Plant Hunter by T.L. Mogford. Um, so this was an arc that I received from the publisher and it was just very different from what I read previously. It was, um, historical fiction about this, this person who I think it's like 16th, 1600s or something like hundreds of years ago. Um, where he went off on this big adventure to, to hunt down these exotic plants that weren't available in England. Um, because the only way of doing it back then was to physically go there. Um, and obviously back then you didn't have planes, you had to go by boat. So it's a massive journey. Um, it was just really interesting, like the whole description of the plants and, um, and they had had a lot of drama going on. Like they were hunted by some of the locals in China and, um, no, it's just, it was just very interesting read, really different. Um, and that's, that's good fun. Huh. So that was my February. All right. Well, then moving on to March, tell us what your March favorite was. Oh, do you know what? Funny enough, March was complete opposite of February. March, I read so many good books. Um, but I had to give it to Project Hail Mary by Andy <sighs> Weir because, oh, it was just so good. Uh, I think you actually recommended this one to me. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. Yeah, I don't regret it. It was such a good book, such a good book. Um, it's actually one of the ones that kind of really got me into sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of my first sci-fi reads of the year. Um, I have one other one, which is an audio book, but this is my first physical sci-fi book. But yeah. Oh my God. It's so good. Okay. That was, I read Project Hail Mary in 2021. And I know that you had mentioned earlier that our favorite book of 2021 was House on Cerulean Sea. Project Hail Mary was my number two for sure in 21. It's 
I want a Rocky in my life. I don't blame you. It was so good. Yeah, I want Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was so good. It was so good. So, how good. You? what was your your March? Um, my March was was pretty good. I read. I it was a good fantasy read month for me. Um, but my favorite uh March read was The War of Two Queens by Jennifer Armand Trout. Yes! yes, we read that together, didn't we? We, we did. did. We, we read, read it as a buddy read. Music. Yeah, but I would say that oh. if I read Project Hail Mary the same month, Project Hail Mary would have beat out A War of Two Queens for yeah. sure. But the War Tweak Two Queens was a very good book. It was very that good. Was, really enjoyed that. Yeah. And do you, I remember because I was meant to get the physical for some reason. They do you remember they delayed it? Didn't <gasps> That's they? So right. I had I had to read the ebook and you read the um the audio where you listened to the audiobook. Yeah. And I, I I have the hard copy. Like I have the paperback. No, I don't. You have it now. No, I don't because because of the shipping, the supply chains. I'm like I I have it, yeah. but no, I don't. It was delayed by something stupid, like three or four months. So we're like, sod that. I'm, I'll just go to ebook. <laughs> yeah, and I did. You're right. I did um, do the audio, the um, audio. Yeah, yeah. ebook. Yeah. Ugh. So, uh, so what was that? Was my March? What was your March? Or did you already do your March? I'm already that lost. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> nine more months. I know. Lord. Nine more months. <laughs> I didn't exactly. Um, okay. Um. What was your April? My April. So April was, um, it was pretty, it was pretty good, but I, I went with Ember in the Ashes by Saba Tahir. I don't know if I said her name right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it was one of my, 12 books, 12 months by 12 friends recommendations. Yeah. And it's the first of a series. So that's another series that I kind of need to work on this year. But <laughs> it was, you know, you know, yes. everybody should know by now. I'm, you know, huge fantasy, favorite, favorite genre. Yeah. So it, it was a great, a great fantasy. So yeah, that was fine. What was yours? Uh, yeah. Mine was also fantasy. Uh, mine was Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Mm. Um, I mean, it's again, it's no brainer. It was such a good read. It. Did you? You must have read it in 2021. Then I did. Me? I read it in 2021. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely loved it. It was such a good read. Um, Lee Bardugo will always win it. That's the problem. Yeah. Whenever you read a Lee Bardugo, it's going to be top of the month. It's always going to be the top of the month. I'm um, going to have to be very strategic this year. <laughs> As far as like spreading out books that I know I'm going to love. So I don't read them oh. all in January because so I'm reading The Stolen Air right now. So I don't know if I want to read Hellbent. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I'll wait till February to read Hellbent so I don't have. Com- so I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, you really want to read Hellbent. I know. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, is, yeah. It was, was my no brainer April. Uh, okay, so then moving on to May, what was your favorite May read? May was A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I like you, Akatar, the first one was, it was okay, but I really do feel like the further it went along, the better it got. I feel like the characters became more flushed, flushed out, flushed out, um, and even kind of Faye was less of a kind of prissy bitch <laughs> and she had more of a character she had more personality as, as the series went along um so yeah and i actually really enjoyed that one so yeah may was a quarter of wings and ruin i still want to slap her across the face and punch her because she still drives me crazy but you know that's just me 
<laughs> we have a personality oh, conflict. <laughs> um, I know. How about you? What was your May? My May was a book called Under Lock and Key by Gigi uh, Pandian. This was a locked room mystery. Um, I'd never heard of it before, but again, it was one of my 12 books, 12 months, 12 friends recommendation. And okay. I absolutely loved it i it was just such a fun read and the the whole concept of what the 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 main girl does like her family owns this construction company but what they do is they design and build secret rooms into people's houses so if you wanted that secret little book room like they would design and build these secret staircases and these secret like pull this book to open the secret door and it's just like that's so cool it was just a such a fun read i mean it was like it's kind of like a murder mystery like a like a closed room whodunit kind of thing but it was it was it was super super fun so it was a great book that sounds pretty cool yeah I feel like June is going to be – we're both going to have the same one. You think so? Uh, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I mean – No, I don't think, think so. That. No. So it's not one that we buddy read? Did the buddy read those? Because you, I don't think you've read the oh. book I'm, pick, I'm picking. I don't think you've um, read it yet. I'm actually shocked you're not choosing this one. Okay. Well uh, – <laughs> <laughs> So what did you I pick? Chose, I chose Rule of Wolves by Lee Bardugo. Mm. Because it was amazing end to the lectology. Um, and that was my, yeah. That's, see, June was like, um, a very, very, a really very hard month for me. Um, I had three books that I absolutely, five star, three Ooh. books. How in, how in the world do I pick? <laughs> um, and and so it was really hard because it really it came down to yeah. rule of wolves was one of them and so when we get to yeah. kind of like our honorable mentions category <laughs> you may see that make my honorable mention category <laughs> um but i i really really had to go with hidden pictures by jason oh, rakulik um it yeah. was just it was such a different book than i had ever read and I, it's, it was just, I just was so engrossed with it. And I'm not a big horror yeah. thriller reader, but I, I really, really, really think the addition of the pictures in that book told yeah. the story. It's like the progression of the pictures with the story, with the characters. It just mm. built such an experience that I just, as much as I love the other two books that I loved, I, I, I had to go with hidden pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I mean, I really need to read that book because all I hear is good things about it. But yeah, right. I'm not surprised. So your June was what? Rule of Wolves? Rule of Wolves. Yeah. But it was, you're right. It was a great that ending. That was a fun, it was a fun buddy read. That was such it was. a good it was so fun. And we got we got our Nikolai back, so I I'm know. Happy. Oh, I love Nikolai. I would I take him to Applebee's him. too. I would t- totally go to Applebee's I with him. him. Why take him somewhere nicer? <laughs> <laughs> you know what funny funny story. I have I've had one experience with Applebee's. Um was it Applebee's? Oh actually no, I think when I I I think I got an Applebee's delivery actually when I was in New York. Um, because I wasn't, I had like a really bad cold, um, cold at one point. So we just got a delivery in that night. 
And we had Applebee's that night. That was pretty good. I hope you got their mozzarella sticks because they have the best mozzarella sticks of any place ever. Oh, I didn't think I did. Oh, my God. They're that good. They have the best mozzarella sticks. When, when I go to New York or America next, I will get all of your, your recommendations. Yes. This was, we're talking this was about seven, eight years ago. So. Well, next time you come to the United States, I'm going to meet up with you, and then I will just take you every place <laughs> exactly. you need to go. So there. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move on to July. What was your favorite July read? We're halfway done. Yeah, July was like your June. Um, I had two that are literally still in front of me because I have I could not decide. So I'm literally deciding right now out these two. Um, I'm going to go with Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha mm. Shannon. Um, it is, I think it was actually my longest read. It was a big chunker of a book. It's like 800 pages. But it was sort of one that it didn't feel long. It was an epic fantasy, um, really good. It had dragons in it, and it was the first one I'd read by this author. I think it was actually her first, her debut fantasy novel. Mm. Um, but it came at a time when I was um, really struggling with my mental health in July. I just, I was really stressed and really low, and I just, I knew I needed like a long, a nice big fantasy novel just to really get absorbed into and really escape and it it ticked all the boxes and it really helped me kind of just forget about everything for a few hours each time yeah <laughs> it took me a while to read um but that was yeah it was just such a, an amazing novel um would definitely recommend it to anyone who really wants a, an epic fantasy to kind of sink their teeth into uh so yeah that was my july yeah. um how about you what was your july my July was, it was a book that you already have mentioned, if I'd read it, and it is uh, TJ Clune's Under a Whispering, Under the Whispering Door. Nice. Um, yeah, it was such a beautiful I, book. Ugh, such oh, a beautiful book. Yeah, it was. I think I read that at the end of the year before, because mm. it probably would have made it otherwise, but yeah, that was such a good book. I loved it. So oh, beautiful. So good. All right. His way, of, his way with, with approaching death and tackling mm-hmm. death was just so gracefully done but also with a nice little bit of humor as well, well and you know and he wrote this book after he lost um someone very close in him and this was actually like in an interview he he kind of talked about the fact that writing this book mm-hmm. about grief was a way that he helped himself process through his own grief um at the mm-hmm. loss uh, that he suffered so it was just like yeah. and i think that's that's it, it was. There was so much compassion and love and just oh, yeah, the respect handled with, with death. And, um, oh, I loved it. I just absolutely adored it. Yeah. It such, such, such a, you know, goosebumpy kind of feels book. So oh, it was so good. So good. So good. All right. What are we up to? Is that we're up to August? We're in August. Yeah, oh, gosh. We're into middle of the summer. All right. Um, <clears throat> This one I actually read um, when I was in Ireland, and I came back and instantly told you, you have to read it. <laughs> and you know the one I want about. You know the one. It is, of course, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin, mm-hmm. which was, oh, my God, amazing. Um, <laughs> it was. It just had everything you needed. It had the character development. It had good setting. You got to see kind of the characters throughout their life. You got to see them progress and it was just, and it had video games. Oh yeah. So it ticked all the boxes, all the boxes. Um, so August was a no brainer. I mean, I did have other good books in August, but that one was a no brainer. 
that was a straight away yes. <laughs> that is my my book of the month. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that one is mine. Uh, I could go on. I literally could speak about it for a whole episode. So I will just finish it. <laughs> Uh, how about you? How about, what is your top read in August? My top read in August was Sundial by Katriana Ward. Um, I read two books by her this past year, and this one I read in August, and it was, uh, it was, it was, I mean, all of her books are just so like, I don't know. They're just like, there's, there's that twist aspect to it. They're just mm-hmm. like, you know, you read it and you wonder how in the world she developed this type of story and like yeah. where it came from. And, um, like, is she okay? Does she, does she need some interventions herself kind of thing? Like uh, the, <laughs> the stories can be so, so dark and just like topics are just so crazy. And, um, this, would you say it's better than, um, Lost House on Needless Street? Um, I don't, it's hard because they're so, so different. Um, yeah. I, in some ways I would say yes, because in how the last house on needless street, I feel like there was a couple different plot lines because you had the main plot line with the, with the girl and, and the guy, yeah. but then you had that's the secondary plot line with the, with the woman who's trying to figure out like what happened to the missing kid. And that yeah. one, I didn't really care for that secondary plot. So I think it took away from mm-hmm. like, um, the other one. And I think what got me with the house on needless street was just the jaw dropping twist at the oh. end that I did not, I mean, I, could not have predicted yeah. that and i think that's kind of what tipped that book over the edge for me um and it why was the unnerving for me yes like uncomfortable it made you feel this book that... is a little yeah. different and i think this book i think is my <laughs> recommendation for you for the 12 books 12 months it is and i do have it so i'm looking, okay. looking forward to that <laughs> so what i really liked about this one is it is more of a one um it's more of a one story one plot but like okay. one, like one set of characters, but it's a flashback. So like you have the present day family with the mom, yeah. but then it's paralleled with the flashbacks to mom's life as a child growing okay. up on this kind of like compound, this ranch kind of thing yeah. where she takes one of her daughters back to because they're having some other daughter issues. So she takes her back to the family compound and while they're there, you learn the whole history of her mom and their family. And that's kind of where you're yeah. just like, holy shnikes. And then at the very, very end, you have that moment where you're like, you thought you knew who was who and who was doing what throughout. And then of course, at the end, you yeah. have that whole, oh, we had this all wrong. So, but I know you need to read it. So I don't want to give too many spoilers, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. but it's, I really enjoyed it. I'm very much looking forward to it. And funnily enough, so obviously, uh, Holly's August one is one of my recommendations for, well, my recommendation from her for this year's book challenge. September's book of the month is my recommendation to Holly, um, for the 12 for 23, uh, which is Babel or Babel. Everyone like keeps yeah. changing the pronunciation. Nobody can really decide, but it's which is funny because it's a book one. about languages. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the irony there. Oh, I absolutely love this book. Um, it is set in um, in Oxford University, um, and it's it's really interesting because it kind of mixes fantasy with 
realistic settings. So um I guess kind of like Shadow and Bone, because they obviously said it in like a a fantasy Russia, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But this is a bit more realistic because it's actually set in Oxford. Um so it, it clearly sets it out from the start. But I loved the use of they they always talk talking about etymology, kind of the origin of words and the everything from the languages to the characters, I just found really, really interesting. Um, and again, like tomorrow and tomorrow, you got that good amount of time progression. You had quite a few years um, that you kind of see these characters move and grow and develop. develop. So that is my September. And I almost definitely know what Holly's <laughs> September is going to be, but I still ask anyway. Holly, what is your September pick of the month? My September pick of the of the the month, I guess, is, of course, tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow. Uh, I don't really need to say anything no. else about it because it is a must-read. I would recommend it to everybody. And, you know, and, and it is one of those books where there is a lot of mixed reviews on it. Like, some people are, like, saying, I just don't get it. I just don't get what everybody loves about this book. Uh, and I don't know if it's if it's we the... Just ignore those people. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, is it because it's about video games? But it's not really about video games. They just work in video games. And I will say, there was one point in the book where I got a little lost, and I'm like, mm, not a huge fan of this part of the book. Um, mm. which was towards the end with the Frontierland game. If if you've read the oh, book, yeah. you should probably know. Oh, I, 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 you know, yeah, I, it was I, a, bit, a bit of an offshoot, wasn't it? Yeah, because it's like because it did make sense when we transitioned from one chapter into the until chapter the, that started that until and I'm like, the end of that chapter. Like, what is going on? Like, yeah. this isn't making any sense to me. At the end of the chapter, it was fine, and I kind of I got yeah. it. But there, that's the only part of the book I struggled with. But that is such such a such a small piece mm-hmm. and it's more like the characters the the message yeah. of the story some of those mm-hmm. other things that happened it's just like there's nothing that compared to that book it was so good i just i remember finishing that book and i didn't want to start another book straight away mm-hmm. i just i wanted to let that story kind of sink in there's some some books you can finish and you can be like oh what well, i'm going to read next but like with that kind of book, it's like I don't think I'm going to beat that book. Yeah. So I don't don't know what to read next. It's like and nothing uh, that you read next was going to beat it, and it was mm-hmm. going to be that book hangover. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember getting back to Ireland. I think I finished it in Ireland. I remember getting back and be and getting on to Holly and going, "You need to read this book. You need to read this book soon." Yeah. <laughs> um, and there we go. Next month she read it. Yeah, I sure did. So yeah. <laughs> All right. What about October? Uh, what was your October see, read? See, October sadly for me was another of those meh months. I didn't have many mm-hmm. good reads. Um the only I did have one five star, which is my top read, um, and that is Stolen Tongues by Felix Blackwell. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously we we kind of did like a it wasn't really a buddy read, it was more of a loose kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at different times uh-huh. um but then speak about it um that one was a really good but that one i really enjoyed that it was definitely a creepy book one of the creepiest books i've read in a while uh, absolutely um i just love the setting the concept was really unique um compared to a lot of horror stories these days and yeah i just and it always kind of kept you on your toes and kept you guessing and there was a lot of twists that i didn't quite see 
coming. Yeah. Um, some I saw, some I kind of thought, mm, I wonder if that's going to happen. But yeah, other ones just completely kind of took you by surprise. And uh, one of the character deaths was just oh, wrong. It was gut-wrenching. Yes, I know exactly which one. It was too sudden and it was just, he was too nice. I wasn't ready to say goodbye to him. No, I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, that was my, my October book of month. How about you? What was yours? My October read was also Stolen Tongues. Um, yay! yay! <laughs> and uh, yeah. by Felix Blackwell. Uh, you know, for me, I, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not a huge horror thriller reader, but yet mm. two thriller books and horror books made my list this year. So I don't know. I, whatever. <laughs> I say the same thing about not being a huge romance book reader, but I feel like I've read like so many of them. Uh, but with Stolen Tongues, I'm, I'm, I love to be scared. I love just the terror of, of that. And I struggle to find books that are like that. You know, Dean Koontz is really the only author that I've ever found that has really made me kind of like creeped out and scared a little bit with some of his Does books. King not creep you out? I don't no, read his books. Movies. His movies, yes, but I don't read his books. Um, I reckon he would creep you out. Yeah, I, his books are Didn't just... You be scared, but you don't read horror. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's because I've read I've read horror and I've read, you know, and yeah. and I just, I'm just never really satisfied when I'm done. I'm like, that wasn't scary. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I it's, you know... <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't even know how to say it because like so like stolen tongues didn't scare me like I wasn't scared but I was creeped out and I yeah. so being I'm creeped sorry. out is okay I like I like feeling creeped yeah. out and it was especially creep me out when it, when it's like the um the supernatural paranormal things mm-hmm. like Blair yeah. Witch Project um kind of creeped me out a little bit uh paranormal activity totally creeped me out like those made like so i think it's they easier like, yeah oh, they made me jump yeah. yeah and i think movies it's easier to scare you it's easier to create that yeah. that sense of fear and creepiness than it is in a book and so i struggle with books because i want to feel yeah. the same way i feel when i watch a scary movie when i read the scary book and like i said dean coons has been the closest i've really found okay. um because his books don't intimidate me like Stephen King's books do. And, um, and you don't really, like, and I can watch a Stephen King movie and still get a story. Whereas with Dean Koontz, they don't really make his books into, into movies. But, the, I was creeped out. I was creeped out by the sounds that were made and the, like, the footsteps on the roof. I was, I was gonna say, it it was the footsteps outside when Mm -hmm. they were in the, in the cabin. That really creeped me out. Yeah. Like, constantly hearing it and the, the voices and just. But what creeped me out the most was that damn parrot. Carrot the parrot. And the fact that the parrot is saying, there's someone in the hallway. There's someone in the hallway. I'm like, oh my God, don't go in the hallway. Whatever you do, don't go. And so, um, but. The parrot was creepy. The parrot was probably the worst the best worst part of the book for me because that is where <laughs> I got the feels that I want a horror book to give me was with that because that really solidified that paranormal yeah. aspect of it. So Soul and Tongues was my October I was also, read. I was also creeped out by the Dreamcatcher. Yes. That was a little creepy oh. too. 
<laughs> I know. And it's, yeah, and it's a, just... a reappearance later. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was creepy. That was creepy. All right. <laughs> what about November? We're, we're, we did this fairly quickly. I'm kind of proud of ourselves. We're doing well. Yeah. Um, November was Book Eaters by Sun Yi Dean. Mm. Um, this was, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, it's one that I'd been wanting to read for a few months. And um, it's about these, it's another fantasy uh, about these different families. So there are families who literally will eat books to sustain them, to sustain their their um, appetite. They have to eat books. Um, and then some, none, then a baby is born, um, very rarely, but there is one born in this book who is a mind eater. So they have to physically consume minds. So they have to eat brains to survive. So kind of like a zombie, but alive. Hmm. Um, and it's all about kind of trying to find a way to, for this child, for this boy to, to be sustained other ways. Um, but it's really, really interesting story. Um, it's just a great kind of fantasy story. Very different from, from your usual fae witches. Yeah. All of that. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. That was a very good book. That is on my um, to be read list for sure. I want to read that one too. You need to read it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There's a lot of books I need to read. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? What's your November book of the month? My November pick is Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last right name right, but Carrie oh. Menace, uh, S- uh, Salso, Calso. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a close one for me. That was really good. I, I really liked it. Like I'd put it off for a while. I'd had, it, you know, the book on my shelf just taunting me and I finally got around to reading it. And then you ended up kind of picking it up and we did kind of like <laughs> a, another like informal kind of buddy read with it. And it was, it was really, really good. And I like I really the, one, yeah. yeah, the, uh, like how they kind of worked the seven deadly sins into it and, and, uh, it was, it's good. And so that's, that's another series that I'd like to, you know, continue this year as well. Yeah. We still got two more to read for that, haven't we? Yeah. Kingdom of the Wicked and Kingdom of the Feared. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Those yet. We're on to December. We are. Again, I've also got two books in front of me because I couldn't make my mind up when I was making this list. Um, and I just have to choose one. And the other one is just going to be an honorable mention later. So um, it's got to go to Final Gambit by Jennifer Lynn Barnes uh-huh. because it was really good end to the trilogy. Um, I, I actually... Uh, I think I started this, yeah, I started this, um, trilogy this year. Well, not this year, last year. And it was another recommendation by Holly. <laughs> um, absolutely loved it because I'm very much, very, a big kind of puzzle fan and murder mystery fan. So this just ticked all the boxes and I loved every little aspect, like trying to solve the puzzles and the whole character development. Um, and the last, yeah, the last book was just a really nice way of bringing it all together and kind of tying up all the loose ends. Um, again, you still got, you've still got so many twists and turns in the book. Um, I will admit, I don't think I managed to get any of the puzzles ahead of this one. <laughs> in the first book, I managed to get one. I remember that. And I was like, yes, I got that. And I thought I'd be getting some more, but I don't think I did. Yeah, and the um, exciting sorry. thing about that is the Brothers Hawthorne book is coming out later this year. 
She's yeah, she's no ready. Way, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Is that a back backstory prequel. I believe so. I believe it's focusing Ooh. on the brothers. Yeah, but it's That's called exciting. It's, yeah, Brothers Hawthorne. I think is what it's called. Yeah, so it'll be out later this year. So I think it's that later this really, year. But yeah, I really enjoyed that book. That was that was a really good kind of um, a really good end of the trilogy. Yeah, if you follow so, her on Instagram, she she is giving updates on on that book. On the, Ooh, the okay. process I, of the I book. Might have to, yeah, I don't think I've got her. I have to add her. Yeah. Um, but how about you? What was your book of the month to round out the year? So I went with kind of a, a holiday read. I went with The Santa Suit by Mary Kay Andrews. Nice. It was a really cute, fun, cozy little read. Um, I didn't read a tremendous amount in December. It was kind of a crazy month. So I didn't really have a lot to choose from. And again, none of them really totally blew me away. It, but this was, this, I gave this a five star. So I just went with this and it was, it was, it was super cute. And I think this was one that you was, had read yeah. the year before. Um, no, I read that one after you said about it on our last podcast. Oh, somebody then, somebody <laughs> I know read this last Christmas and, um, Really liked it. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to read that. Uh, so, it was really you know, cute, yeah. I read that after you recommended it. Um, I got through quite a few Christmas books this year, actually, because I had a bit more time in my hands. Yeah. Um, it was kind of my, my quietest time. Because I find that the Christmas holiday, like whenever you have time off over Christmas, I feel like that is a time, it's the perfect excuse to do literally nothing. Mm-hmm. I find that every other time off, you feel like you need to be productive. You need to make the most of your time off. But December, I just think, okay, this is just time to revive, just to recover and just to do solo. So, you know, I read quite a lot. And I think Christmas book wise, for me, it was Merry Little Me Cute mm. because it was just, it was a really interesting concept because it was a good mixture of smut and kind of cute romance. Yeah. So, because you enjoyed, you read that one. Well, I did. You? I read it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you did. Um, Okay. I, yeah, I liked it. I just, yeah. I don't know. I think that there was, um, just a little too much of some things that I wish had been balanced out <laughs> a little bit more. Like, I'm a all, too yeah, like, I'm, I'm all up for, like, some, like, steam and smut in a book, but it's just like, and, and I should have known going into that one what it was going to be, because, I mean, hello, she's an adult film she's star. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, and it was just, but it's like they were either having sex, talking about sex, thinking about sex, and I'm just like, <laughs> I get it, but like there's, I, I just a bit too many dildos for you. You know, I don't even know if it was that. I think I was okay with the number of dildos, um, and and the lube and all of that stuff. I just, I really like, I liked the story that was happening yeah. on like, but I almost felt like the story that was happening was behind the scenes, and I almost yeah. wish that it had been switched. If it had been switched, I think I would have loved it so much so much more um yeah i went through so obviously on our last podcast we talked about all the kind of christmas books that we wanted to read in december and i think from the ones that i said i think i was one short i didn't read a merry very uh, a very merry bromance oh yeah um that was the only one i hadn't didn't read but i read the uh the frost bakes one mm-hmm. uh, i read in fact i read the these the first book in that series to that, because they were like 100 pages each, so they oh, were... super short. Not very much. Yeah. And I read Santa Sea, read Mary, um, very, Mary Me Cute, 
and Snow Day for Christmas. So that was really good. Cool. So yeah, no, December was a good month. It was a good month. Oh. And I managed to kind of finish up and finish all of my books that I was reading that I had started ages ago and never finished. <laughs> so I wanted a nice, basically my aim was by the end of, by December 31st, I wanted my Goodreads to be cleared and ready for 2023. Yeah. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. It was nice little, nice little start. All right. So we got through our 12 months. Now we have to say yeah. what our favorite book of the year was. And I have a feeling we're picking the same right. one again this year. <laughs> should, should we do, should we do the same as we did last year then? And after three, just say our, our pick of the year. Absolutely. You do the countdown. <laughs> Cause I know it's going to be. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow and, and tomorrow. tomorrow, and tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it had to be. It, it had, had to, be. to be. It was... And you know, funnily enough, so 2021's book of the year was originally a Holly recommendation. Mm-hmm. And 2022 was originally a me recommendation. So uh-huh. we've had a nice little bunch. So, I mean, this year, it might be another Holly recommendation. Yeah, if we're alternating. I, oh, that put some pressure on me to read some good books this year. <laughs> I know exactly. So if you read an amazing book, you've got to tell me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we always do. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, okay. Really okay. So, um, so we talked about all the books we liked. So let's kind of talk a little, a little quickly about some of the books that either we didn't finish or, um, we were a little disappointed in. So were the, I didn't, there were no books I didn't finish. I, I, don't typically um, DNF books, so I don't have any. Do you have any from this year? You know, I don't. I don't usually. Um, I am very kind of. I struggle to DNF a book. Me too. Um, if I don't like it, I will just like crawl through it. Um, but I did DNF one, but I want to read it another time. It was more a. I wasn't really in the the kind of time. I wasn't in the right mindset to read it. Um, but it's one I want to read eventually, so there's no point in me stopping at that point and then kind of going back to it at that point because I'll need to start it all over again. <laughs> um, and that was Milkman by Anna Burns, mm. which was a really good start. So it's about it's set in the, the Island Troubles and it's kind of like a um, kind of like a drama contemporary fiction, but it is a very slow book. Um, also with a bit of a political angle is that they call it is it oh here we go it's it's um described as a historical psychological fiction but yeah it is quite a slow one and it's just i wasn't quite um in the right frame of mind to read it because it was kind of written in a stream of consciousness narration oh so it was yeah it's it's sort of one you've got to be like very open-minded you've got to be in the right frame of mind to read because they are quite pretty hard to read I will go back to it at some point because it was good from what I've read so far, but it's yeah. I just I once I put it down, I was found it really hard to pick it up again. <laughs> um, one day, well, but yeah. So that was yeah. That was my only one, and I think that's my first one in literally years that I have that I've DNF'd. I don't have DNF'd any for a long, long time. What about anything you were disappointed in? Were there any like? Like a book or two that you were just, um, you went into it going, this is going to be fantastic. And you're just like, ah. I guess from like 
books that I, I, I either hyped up or like it was hyped up. I think it was Holly Black's adult fiction, um, Book of Night. Uh-huh. Because after Ninth House, I thought, oh, great. It's another like YA fantasy author writing adult fiction. It's going to be as good as Ninth House. I yeah. enjoyed it still, but it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't the same level. Yeah. And it didn't really have that kind of, it could have been classed as YA still in my mind. It didn't have that kind of major jump from YA to adult that the Ninth House did. Mm-hmm. Because the ninth house, you could clearly tell that was adult. There was the language changed. It was much darker, and it was just so much more mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I think that would be kind of my my main one. How about you? Have any? I do. There were three books that disappointed me. One of them was Book of Night, one hundred percent. Um. Just I just was not a fan. I don't even know if I'm going to read the second book when it comes out, and that because I know it's a duology. Yeah. Um. I may wait. <laughs> for you to read it <laughs> and, and tell me if it's worth it. Um, yeah, I'm going to read it, so yeah. <laughs> but there was two others that I was a little disappointed in, and one was Night Circus because it was hyped up so much to me about how amazing this book is. And, yes, yeah. it's 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 a very eloquently written. The words are very beautiful, um, but I just, I just struggled. I struggled with it. I just thought mm-hmm. it was too long, too much. Like, there were pieces of it I loved, but it just... Just, it just wasn't it, it just didn't live up to the hype and then the last the other one was um uh uh ward's little eve book that came out because i've loved sundial and oh, i yeah. loved the last house on needless that. street um little eve was just completely different and it just wasn't yeah. quite what i was hoping it would be it was fascinating in the fact that you got a lot of insight as to like cults and how cults work. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise it just, it just didn't do it for me. So that was a weird one though. Cause do you remember when we first looked it up, it said it was first released about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So if anything, it was kind of a more of a re-release. Um, so I guess it, it makes sense that her newer books were better than, than Little Eve. Yeah. As she's matured kind of through the years. But yeah, that was a weird one. It was weird. And I remember that one that one did have a lot of not particularly amazing reviews, and especially after Last House on New Street, which just blew us away. Mm-hmm. It was such a good read. And Sundial was really um, good too. Like it's just it was such mm-hmm. a different book. Such a different book. Um yeah. what about any books that surprised you? Were you just like did you go into a book going, mm, I don't know what this is gonna be like and were really surprised and like pleased by it? Mm-hmm. That is a good question. Um, I mean, it. I guess it's got to be tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Because, I mean, I'd read a few reviews beforehand. Um, but when I first heard about it, it was just such a strange concept. Because it was, I think the marketing was really clever. Because it was basically, didn't it say something like a romance novel that's not about romance, basically? It's right. a love story that's not, yeah, that's not about romance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such an interesting um, idea. And it was hard to know what to expect because of the way that it was marketed. So that was, I think, that one just is like the equivalent of The House in Needless Street. That one I didn't know what I was getting into kind of back in 2021. And that one completely blew me away. That one completely surprised me. I think tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow had the same, the same sort of impact. Whereas that, yeah, completely blew me out, blew me out the water, blew me away. 
Um, other than that, I'm trying to think. While you're thinking, um, for me, it yeah, you, you was um, the one book that really kind of surprised me was um, Bubbles in Space, Tropical Punch by S.C. Jensen. Oh, so we yeah. had we had her on our podcast in the in the spring. And I had read the Bubbles in Space book, and it's like a series, mm. but it's a cyberpunk sci-fi kind of story, and I just had never read cyberpunk before and just absolutely loved it. It surprised me so much, and it was just uh, it was just so different from what I've ever read before. And I'm actually now currently reading another book by a different author that's a cyberpunk book. I will say it's not as good as Bubbles in Space, but it's it's still yeah. in, it's still good. Uh, yeah, so that's what surprised me. I think yeah, I think my other one actually is Illuminate Files because mm-hmm. I've read all three of them in, in the year. They're actually my first fiction book that I've read. I've listened to on audiobook because before I always I kind of struggle at times to stay focused on an audiobook, um, which is why I tend to go for an autobiography because it's kind of easy to dip in out and in out of. And because it's more you're listening to the author's voice talking about about their life, it's easier to kind of absorb in my mind whereas with fiction i'm not sure why but i just found it harder to keep kind of focused on it and this was one of the first fiction audiobooks i've listened to it was just so amazing and it was the first one that i've read that's kind of like a full cast mm-hmm. um okay except for daisy jones and six but, <laughs> but besides that. Um, this was also another one that really got me into sci-fi this year yeah um it was Probably the first sci-fi book of, of the year I read because Illuminate was I read that back in January, and it was just so amazing. Yeah. Like the way that it was, um, yeah, the whole casting, the storyline. That one was, yeah. I, again, that was a that was another holy recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and after she like after she told me about the the audiobook, I was like, oh, I have to get that, give that one a go. And yeah, that one was just a a wow. That was a, a really good audiobook. All right, so yeah, we lovely. are definitely pushing time on this podcast this week. So we're going to do our last <laughs> little question, which is our honorable mentions really quick. You can only say your honorable mentions for favorite books of the year um, that we didn't talk about in our top 12, um, but we're not going to comment on them. So for me, okay. my honorable mentions were Book Lovers by Emily Henry, um, Final Gambit that we've already, that you already talked about, and then Rule of Wolves. So those were my three honorable mention, honorable mention books of the year. Cool. And mine was, yeah, mine was also Book Lovers. Uh, mine was Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie, I can't remember her name, uh, I haven't put it down here. Grimms, Grimms, Grimson or something like that. Grimms, Grimms, Grimms. Um, and Women Like Us by Amanda Pross. Awesome. All right, so there. And, and another beast skin by Jessica Gray Glover. Okay, are you, are you done? <laughs> Any more you need to sneak in? Okay, no, I, I was just. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, all right. So then we're gonna move on quickly and do our speed round, our either or, like we do every episode. We can't not do one. So this year is a, or this this episode, it is a New Year's edition one. So it's basically either what you would prefer to do or what you did. So however you want to answer it, you don't, you just have, just pick one, just like always, just just. 
just pick one. Who cares what they are? Just pick one. All right. So are you ready? And don't elaborate. And don't elaborate because we are way over time. We're like probably pushing over two hours and people are going to be like, well, they just shut up. All right. If you're listening this far, thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) We really appreciate your support. Um, And we hope that you're having fun with us. Okay. Here we go. New Year's episode. All right. Ball drop or fireworks? Fireworks. Fireworks. Early to bed or up until midnight? Up until midnight. (laughs) Early to bed. I'm too old for that. Uh, (laughs) Resolutions or goals? That's the same thing. No, they're different. They are totally different. Uh, Goals. Absolutely. I would pick goals as well. Go out or stay home? Stay home. Stay home. December or January? January. January. Games or TV? Oh, games. I'd pick games as well. Cider or hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate for me too. Look at that. We're like the same person today. <laughs> um, appetizers we or I know appetizers or desserts. Oh, appetizers. Oh, I'd pick desserts. Uh, um, I'd pick both, but no. Would you prefer snow or no snow? Snow. I would pick snow as well. All right, last one. Is it for you? Is it goodbye 2021? Sorry, 2022. Is so? Is it goodbye 2022 or is it hello 2023? Hello 2023. And for me, it is also hello 2023. All right, Whew. that was a struggle. <laughs> All right, we did survive it, and our listeners survived it with us, so if we can do that, we can survive anything. All right, so um, we will be back um, in just a couple weeks. Our next episode will drop uh, February 6th, 6th, just in time for Valentine's Day, and we will be welcoming um, a guest to our show, Amy, who is the owner of Hugs and Kisses, an online indie bookshop that specializes in romance books. So she'll be joining us, and we'll talk all about romance books. We just talked a little bit about my opinions about too much smut, so this will be interesting, um, and I know that Liz you love smut in your books so um I do indeed and just to um clarify it's actually uh words and kisses what is it words and kisses? words and kisses oh why did I say hugs and kisses <laughs> oh yeah good thing we figured that out before she actually joins our show um that makes a lot more sense because it's books words and kisses I getcha okay okay kudos Amy so we will be talking so we'll be talking, yeah, all things uh, romance with our our resident uh, romance expert, Amy, um, who actually set up the bookshop. It's a little uh, online bookshop back in, I believe it's 2021, so during lockdown, um, and it has developed and grown ever since. So looking forward to having her on and talking all things romance. And we shall discuss off um, off air which romance books we should be reading in February. Uh-huh. Maybe we'll, we'll have a buddy read of one early February. Maybe. If, um, if she, if, um, if Holly gets three, 11, 22, Oh my gosh. Yes. Because in March, um, yeah, our March podcast is our book club. Our book club is coming, is coming back on March and we are going, we are diving into Stephen King. So we will be discussing 11, 22, 63. And I think I've made my, my point now that I don't really read Stephen King. His books intimidate me tremendously. Um, and I will say that I, 
I've I've already started eleven twenty two sixty three. I am I'm about forty three forty four percent of the way through. So wow, yeah, okay. that's impressive. So I was worried about but not being able a... to finish it. Okay, it is. It's it long. is eight hundred forty nine pages. So it is a massive massive book. Um, I will probably be starting. I will probably read it in February. To be fair, yeah. Um, because I have less of a life than than Holly's. <laughs> I have a bit more free time. <laughs> yeah. I have a bit more free time. So um, yeah. I'll probably read it after we've read our whatever love things we, we decide to read. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, so that's going to be an exciting one. Um, it's quite interesting that one of Holly's first Stephen King ones won't be a horror, but... <laughs> yep. But that's okay. Like this, it's I've enjoyed this book. Like it's it's been, it's been interesting. Um, so I'm gonna be excited. I know that for for Stephanie, it is one of her all time absolute favorite books ever. Like she keeps copies of this book in her office and at home in case somebody hasn't read it. Then she gets the book and she hands it to them. That's what she did for me. Like you know, she was spending some time in Tucson and we met up a couple times. And on the second time we met up, she's like, "Here, here's the book. Read it." And I'm like, "Okay." Um, so I'm super excited um, to, to, to hear her thoughts on this when we discuss it. Should be good fun. And just before we go, Holly, remind us where we can find you on social media. So I am AZ Desert Bookworm on Instagram. And for Christmas, my husband actually bought me the domain name for my website. So now my website oh. is www.azdesertbookworm.com. AZDesertBookworm.com because he bought me my my own domain. No yeah, so that was Aww, one of the yeah. Sweet. Yeah, so that was like his his show of support for for my my love of books. So that is where Hopefully I am. Save that on our pages. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Lizzie's Little Book Nook on Instagram and on uh, my website is Lizzie's Little Book Nook.co.uk. Yay! All right, everyone. Well, we are done. Yes, thank you for sticking with us. We hope that you had fun. We hope that you read some of the same books we did. As always, feel free to leave us a comment on Instagram, um, either on our... Let us know what your favorite read yeah. of was. And also let us know if you got this far on the podcast. Yeah, if you finished it out, let us know because, you know, you deserve like a, like a cookie or something. So, all right. We will mention you on Exactly. Um, okay, so we will be back in just a couple weeks for our Valentine's Day episode. Until then, happy reading. Happy reading.